0: Welcome to the Fit Affiliate podcast where we discuss behaviors and behavior-based conversations as they relate to CrossFit affiliate owners and coaches. My name is Lisa Hetherington and I'm your co-host alongside Chuck Bennington and Tony Ronke, the founders of Fit Affiliate. We've got and- a belter today talking about the difference between coaching and training as it applies to business and owning an affiliate and how it might seem like we might all want all of the answers and all the solutions to our problems, just handed to us on a platter and a template or a package, but how quite often that leads to us not taking action. I know I've been guilty of it and also it not getting the results we expected and we're not doing the other work behind it that's gonna support that. So really great chat today with Chuck and Tony, really great insights. And also it really highlights the difference of what we do here at Fit Affiliate is very different to, you know, offering to, you know, get you $200,000 a month and and 3,000 leads and, and all that stuff. Whereas we really work on the behavioral stuff and focus on coaching and we want to make your affiliate your way and help you along your path and help you find your answers rather than telling you what to do because we all know that just doesn't work. And welcome back to a fresh, shiny episode of the Fit Affiliate Podcast. Joined today by Chuck and Tony. How are you, gentlemen? We're
1: fresh and shiny.
2: How <laughs> How is an episode fresh and sh- whatever? We're fresh. I mean, and it's shiny. fresh. Wow. I get that. I'm interested in it's shiny. Fresh. Maybe it's maybe well, it's that
1: subscribe
0: button. It's very polished. Yeah, looking. the subscribe button and our you know when it when it uploads on the YouTube's it's uh it looks shiny. So there you go. And I thought right. I'd mix up the that's intro cool. a little bit today because you know that I can do that. I'm driving I the driving the, the bus. <laughs> yeah, I don't Spice want to get bored,
1: I'm I'm making some coffee, so that's why I'm over on this this side of things. But I'll be back nice. at the table momentarily.
0: That's okay. We we like doing a tour of your house. I'm still so just swaying
2: in the ether. <laughs> yeah,
0: just in the, in the blackness. So today I thought it would be um, a good topic to talk about because I know we've had some discussions regarding when clients or affiliate owners in general, you know, they're just looking for the answers. Tell me how to get more clients. Tell me how to keep more clients. Tell me how to do this, how to get leads. Everyone seems to want all the answers, yet when they get the answers and the, you know, the cookie cutter templates of anything, but then they don't still don't, it doesn't work because they don't actually doing anything, with it and I know that we talk about why advice doesn't work so I thought it was a good one to flesh out in a bit longer detail today about you know the difference between someone who's going to coach you and versus someone who's just selling you and oh, this, wanna...
1: this is good this is well curated as a topic and one I've, I mean yeah I just so take my seriously everybody <laughs> Not everybody. I will, I will use the term everybody acknowledging that it is not a literal everybody or a statistical everybody, but it is the statistical majority and it is most people. Most people seek to abdicate responsibility for their own lack of action by seeking better strategies. And it's not that they need more strategies. It's that they actually need coaching because coaching deals with the behavior. Hey, I want to figure out how to get more clients. Go on fucking YouTube. You could watch... 30 fucking thousand straight hours on how to acquire customers for any type of business. There, there are YouTube playlists dedicated to getting customers for hot dog stands. I'm sure of it. I would bet money on it. (laughs) It's Not that you don't know what to do. You probably already have a great idea. You've probably already done something in the past that stopped working. There's probably some trauma. And so like, I don't know, you just avoid shit. And so it's, it's really easy to wander around in the dark looking for, you know, Who's got the right answer on where the light switch is? But then when somebody's like, well, why don't you just use the fucking flashlight you're holding, stupid? That's very different. Yep.
0: Yeah. And, you know, quite often they will spend a lot of money and time doing seeking these answers when, you know, it can be, you know, better reapers. And there are a lot of people out there ready to take that time and money for something that they know that is very, not, they're not going to do anything with it. It's not going change, to change the situation. But does will take the time and money for that. It's
2: our favorite thing to talk about with all of you guys. Uh, I'm not talking on this episode unless we make the, the thumbnail say, this is the distinction between coaching and training, the definitive answer, because I'm sick of this conversation. We don't need to make that the You can decide that. But, I mean, at the core of this whole conversation, that is the central problem. Right Is that um, people are unaware of what tool they're grabbing for the problem that they're trying to solve, right? So it's a lot like if you're trying to fix a hole in your wall in the dark and you were just fishing around in in the bag, you're not really sure what you're coming up with. And a lot of that comes from it's not a a, a disingenuous place in the industry. It's just a lack of really true distinction and clarity as to what is the difference between a coach and a trainer or a coach and a teacher. And and I think that the clearer that people can become or the clearer that people are as to what is the difference between those, they'll know where to look for it. because there's not one that's necessarily inherently better than the other. It's one, one for sure has a much higher likelihood of success because it touches on, like Chuck just said, which is behavior, which is the root of all actions. Um, and teachers are obviously very, very important and, and they're incredibly valuable. It's just... Whether or not you need more answers or not is the question. So at the core of this, I think that is the central problem in that everybody in the industry, particularly, considers himself a coach. Right? Not because they want to, but frankly, most people have been telling them that they're a coach this whole time. And so they're like, I'm a coach. a Coach is a coach is a coach. And, and so even for us, talking about it as coaches, we get very confused because we're like, no, no, I don't mean like your coaches. I'm talking about hire us as coaches. But like, And then the whole thing gets confusing. So the point of that is that if people knew the difference between teaching and and coaching, I think that there would be a little bit more clarity as to the solutions that they're seeking. Uh, But back to Chuck's original point, the biggest problem that arises for most people is that um, they don't like the situation that they're in, but they don't necessarily want to change their root behavior. So they're hoping to find a distraction to pursue that will allow them to fixate on and focus on they can put their attention on it and then ideally arrive at the solution and that's generally why most people look for programs or teaching when they think they're searching seeking seeking coaching and so we have to draw that distinction between the two of them before any of it makes any sense
0: Mm. and it, it a coach will just speaking from experience from having gone through this process with you guys a coach will um elicit you know action versus you know just the times i've been told what to do you then go cool i know what to do but then you don't actually go and do it because nothing's nothing's fixed on the back end um you know you've just just fixes put something shiny on top of the surface but you know it's still not running underneath Mm.
2: we live in the information age right so Mm. uh, and we've never had more access to more information than we've ever had before. And for sure, society as a whole is moving faster than it's ever moved before, but it's certainly not moving at the same pace as it is as the availability of information, right? So that suggests one of two things. It's not for a lack of information or education that is stifling people's action. It's that it has to pass through one central filter, which is your behavior, right? In order for you to take a piece of information and then turn that into action, there is a central conversation that has to happen there, which is I have to receive the information. I have to process the information. I then have to understand the information, and then then I can then act on the information. A coach is a little bit different in that they kind of operate in that last part of it, which is simply just implementing that information and understanding what is the, the problem with the information that you've received or have have learned or have come in contact with, and why are you not processing that correctly? What is the central conflict? How do I remove that so that you can move much faster? It's not really about delivering more information, and I think a lot of people think coaches are teachers, but they're not. They're obstacle removers.
1: And the obstacles of the behavior and I mean, there's a lot of psychology that goes into these pieces, not just our own, you know, avoidance, but the idea of people want new opportunities, not improvement offers. And like, it's worth people stepping away for a second and thinking, like, do you already really generally have the solutions to most of your problems, especially if we isolate to who we serve and the industry in which we serve? Like, do you really not know how to get more clients for your gym? Really? You don't have any ideas. You've never done anything in the past that worked well that like you could be doing once again or you didn't do a thing that you tried once, weren't wildly successful at and just bailed on immediately because you thought you were a fucking unicorn. Like, you know, it's, it's really worth approaching. Why is it that you think that you need another solution when in five minutes we can come up with 10 solutions that you already know of and have some level of experience and exposure to? and some data to support. It doesn't mm. seem like you need to add an 11th. It seems like we need to figure out why you stopped after 10 and why out of 10 tries you managed to not find success. Those are probably more valuable to investigate than just adding something else to the mix. Mm. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, think if
2: you,
0: the, go ahead. I was going to say I think it's very easy in our in the in our industry for the term coach to be you know because people understand what it is through uh you know the crossfit model they go oh I'm, I'm, you know that's why the the term is misused and also misunderstood where it should be I'm mean, more there's coaches and then, then there's also you know advisors as well rather than using if you don't want to use the word you know trainer but i think people identify so strongly with the word coach but then they get confused in what it is. But also, if you relay it back to the gym situation and you're trying to, you know, a member's say not having any success for their nutrition, they're like, the nutrition plan doesn't work. I've got to go and try this program, that program. I want someone to tell me what to eat, when to eat, how to eat. And it's like, yeah, but are you actually eating it? Are you, what's the behavior that's stopping you eating the broccoli and drinking the water? Like, and no one wants well, to think- have that conversation.
2: That's, I mean, taking it back to fitness, I think hopefully for everybody that's listening, will make it make more sense. And so just so we're clear from CrossFit's perspective, you don't become a coach until you get to your L4 anyways, Are you just a trainer at that point. And because trainer is essentially your ability to understand and disseminate information. Right? We talk about this a lot in our six pillars of professional coach conversation, which is that like the whole first part of your journey, like the first three pillars of that journey are. About your ability to retain receive and package and process information but also to disseminate that information once you move into the later phases like the last two coaching and consulting like those are not about what you know it's about your ability to pull things from other people pull success pull actions and 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 pull value from other people it's not about your ability to deliver more information and and i think that it becomes very important to think about it through the lens of what happens on your training floor, right? Like, cause you, you've all been in that situation. I think nutrition is the easiest place to clarify or cauterize this conversation because it's not about paleo versus carnivore. It's not vegan versus, you know, whatever. It's not about macros versus micros. It's about calories in calories out, no matter how we slice it, it comes down to it. We can, we can fight over the nuances, But that's never been the problem. The problem is not that you don't know what to eat. Everybody knows that if you just eat chicken and broccoli and drink your water, you're probably going to be all right. I mean, sure, we can argue over some nuance over the value of broccoli versus spinach if we want to, but it's not about that. You know what to eat. The question is not then what to eat. It's why aren't you eating what you're supposed to, right? And so that's the central conversation of coaching versus teaching, right? Coaching is about, I don't care what you want to eat. I want to know why you want to eat what you want to eat or why you're not eating what you know you're supposed to. eat. And that's really exactly what we do for business is that we're not here to tell you more things to do and more vegetables to eat and more macros to hit. We're here to figure out why you're not hitting the macros you need to hit that you are well aware of, not eating the vegetables that are available to you and that you're well aware of and why you're choosing to eat pizza every night instead right? In your business. And so that's the very nature of the difference between coaching versus teaching. There's a lot of nutrition teachers and trainers who will come in and tell you what to eat about the value of micronutrients and and about macros and why you need to eat this ratio versus that ratio. And they're not wrong. There's nothing wrong with those people, but they're going to fall on deaf ears, right? And you've seen it a thousand times. You'll tell them the exact same thing, the exact same ratios, and then they're going to pass it through their filter, of experience, of trauma, and of failures, et cetera. And they're going to, at that moment, say, oh, this isn't the answer that I wanted to hear. And at that point, they just don't do it. And the coach just comes in and says, why is this a struggle for you? It's not about more information. It's just about why not? And then we get to the root of the problem, which has always been the root of every problem, you. You're at the core of every single conflict. Most of them just don't we want to. Like
1: Resolve for some of the variability and inconsistency. There's a lot of times that a coach creates an opportunity to redirect back to a trainer and educator. If we're talking through this current nutrition example, if the coach is like, you know what to do, why aren't you doing it? And the client's like, well, because all this food tastes like shit. They're like, do you know how to cook? Well, no, not at all. I'm just, I'm just putting everything in one pot at one time and kind of <laughs> fucking winging it and see what happens. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, that probably tastes fucking awful. Maybe instead of another diet program, the teacher that you really need, the trainer that you really need, the instructor that you really need is somebody to teach you how to fucking cook. That way, all of the knowledge and information that you've already processed, consumed, like managed and digested, like, you can do something better with it. Or the earlier example, if you already have 10 ways to grow the gym, but we have found the issue really is that all of them have worked for the first month, but then you fall on your face the second month because you can't manage the cash flow. Oh, you don't need an 11th marketing solution. You need a bookkeeper. Mm. Okay. And so even if the answer ends up being a piece that falls more to training or instruction, the coach can at least help you find the right fit. Because Mm. it's probably not more of the thing that already hasn't gotten you. The success that you're seeking, yeah, but it's really hard because like that's the nature of shadows and blind spots. we truly can't see them ourselves
0: and I think it's easier like I mean, I guess the majority of affiliates, if they were to get all of the leads and all of the clients that they think that they need, they don't have the stuff in the background to support that structure. It would be like you know adding a um, tip truck tray to the back of your truck like it's just going to bog down the wheels you're not going to go anywhere but you've got what you thought you wanted you wanted a bigger tray like it's not going to they can't then cope with that but people think that will solve the problem that's just going to create more problems because it reinforces well, the things that's that actually, that's actually that's a good
1: insight because that's a big piece of if we look at coaches not being the suppliers of the answers but instead being the procurers of better questions well why do you think that you need more clients? How many clients could you take? Well, what about the clients that you already have? What if they paid twice as much and stayed twice as long? Would you really need to get more clients? No? Okay, well, then there's two other things that we can look at.
0: Mm.
1: And maybe if you found 10 fucking times that getting more clients was not the thing that worked in alignment with you, your business, your staff, your assets, your resources, maybe doubling down again, on the wrong thing, isn't the answer. And so that's another piece that coaches help with. It's the insight and the perspective, but then addressing the behavior that has created the problem in the first place, rather than fighting a bunch of symptoms, often the wrong ones.
0: Mm. I guess it can come down to, people can gravitate towards what is, as humans, we, we try and avoid discomfort, although those of us as crossfitters tend to drive towards discomfort at time that's what brought us into the the methodology but we stay away from things that are uncomfortable so if someone's coming to you and says it's going to cost you you know $20,000 and here's all your problems solved or you can do the work week by week and, and learn and grow it t- internally people are just going to want the quick solution as well which is where i think a lot of these, a lot of the gurus and uh, so forth, you know, find their place because it's hitting that trigger that people just want the quick, quick fix. Well, there's a reason.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why every single offer in your inbox is about lead gen, right? Because it's not, it's not that everybody knows how to do lead gen. You don't know how to do lead gen, right? It's that the central sort of framework for writing a great offer is essentially a home run when it applies legit because it allows you to pay a good chunk of money um, out of my pocket but the perceived return on investment is very high because it's the, it's literally just about dollars and we all know what dollars feel like so we're like that would feel a lot better if i had more of those than less of those and then said guru will also tell you that not only will i get you those dollars we're going to do it instantly so that value proposition is very, very high in that offer and that like money out ROI divided by the amount of time it's going to take me to get that seems really, really high. Right. And so that's why everybody is in the inbox trying to offer that solution. It's not that everybody is way better at it than anybody else. It's just that they realize that like, wow, people will buy the shit out of this. Right. But like the whole thing is, is relatively cheap. In fact, like we just packaged the whole thing together and gave it away for free. If you're interested, you can have it. But like there's not that much to that. What's the problem is that you're still not going to likely end up solving your problem. You're just going to end up with more problems, right? Cause now you've got hundreds of people knocking on your door where it's going to exacerbate that you were bad at handling the two or three people who knocked on it per week. Now you've got hundreds. You're going to be like, Oh, right. And so like our favorite sort of central coaching question with a lot of things is what if it goes right? What are you going to do? And like, what do you mean? I'm like, let's just assume that like you did the thing and it resulted in the thing that it was supposed to result in. Then what? And then they're like, well, I have lots of money. I'm like, and, well, I have lots of people and, I don't really like people that much. <laughs> so like oh gets, also, you get to help
1: them understand what exists in that gap, because part of the you know the art of the ask and like the polish of the pitch is taking them psychologically from where they're at to all of the pain being resolved. You know, like you spoke to more of the instant gratification. But it's like, cool. You get three leads a week. You get fifty next week. How many consults can you guys run? Who nurtures the leads? Who follows up with them? Who sets appointments? How many like admin people do you have that can intake that? How do you onboard them? Like you get to help collapse down that like the thing that you're seeking won't actually even solve the problem. It only presents a whole host of other issues and problems. So maybe we solve what's in front
0: of us. And I th- I think some of the, the um, gurus in that field are getting smarter to that as well, because I've had a whole heap of stuff through my inbox um, recently where it's not only will we get you the leads, you don't even have to do a thing. We will call them for you. You don't have to do anything and we guarantee you. So now, you know, uh, Joe Affiliate Owner is looking at and goes, well, I'm going to get all these leads and I don't have to do anything. They're just going to magically appear in my gym and then my problems are all solved. Right, And, and, and like, like, all right,
1: so what if it goes right? What if you had 10 new drop-ins a day, every day for a week? Yeah. Like you can take the context that they already know. And they're like, oh, I actually don't like it. You're like, Right. <laughs>
2: Yeah, It's likely. like to anybody who's starving, all food seems like a great choice, right? And like, you know, we've all been the product of our eyes being bigger than our stomach, right? Because you're too hungry, whatever. But like, you know, the, the reality is that like you might be starving. Well, I'm going to fill your whole table. It just might happen to be sardines, right? And be like, I don't want to eat sardines. Well, guess what? You about to run Facebook ads to get a whole bunch of sardines in the door, right? Like, because <laughs> sardines are abundant. I can catch thousands in a net. And it's not so much about, you know, lead gen or otherwise. And you nailed it, Lisa, in that one of the big problems is that the market is shifting, right? Because that offer is now suspect. Everybody's like, okay, if there's 72 people offering to do it, why do I need you to do it? And that leads into a bigger conversation, which is, you know, why don't you take action? But before we get into that one, it's now my central frustration, and really should be everybody in this industry's central frustration, is that those people are like, They've now pivoted to being like, "We're going to coach you." They're not even remotely coaches, right? They're like, "But you guys like the idea of coaches, so we're going to offer that to you now, too." People are like, "Wow, this is great! Now I have a coach," and then they just show up and they just teach. And then when you struggle with, it, they're like, "Can't compute, don't know how to handle this because I only know the system." So that's on you. It worked for everybody else. <laughs> like that's not coaching. And And so now they got everybody confused, and that's why we're pissed. That's why we get involved in it.
0: And you did a appropriate uh, Instagram post today, which you know is about five reasons that you know you shouldn't hire a a a business coach. And one of those is their tactics are outdated. And it's here, just try this, and they're just giving you more and more more things to do that may be not even relevant or appropriate. I know myself, I've had a a previous business coach who said, "Why don't you go and hand out flyers in a shopping center car park like okay Listen, that could
2: be solid advice right uh, you don't know until the, the client as you all know listening to this the client always sets the parameter right i can't tell you to eat chicken and broccoli if you're allergic to chicken or broccoli right like mm-hmm. i have to switch that you always set the parameter and like maybe notes on a car in a car park is great because maybe nobody's doing it and there's an abundance of cars and you happen to be right across the street from like the world's largest parking garage like that changes everything, but there's nobody that's really out there asking and so for us it's it's a conversation of, of sort of I guess you can call it ethics if you want to, but not really it's that we're people who have been lifelong coaches, we very much believe in coaches and we appreciate coaches and we understand what it means to be a coach and the problem is that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all business coaches are not coaches they're just Information peddlers—they're teachers, and that doesn't make them bad. That doesn't make them wrong. It just doesn't make them a coach. And unfortunately, saying that they're going to show up to be your teacher—that's got a negative connotation, right? Because we all grew up hating our teachers, so nobody wants to hire a teacher. But coach seems supportive and and helpful, and he's going to have my back, and it's all these things. And so they're infringing on the things that we hold as hallowed, is trusted. And like for me, that's just not okay. That's why we basically took up arms to have this fight. It's really the whole reason this whole company was built. We didn't show up to teach you years and years of experience. We showed up to remove obstacles and barriers. We already believed that affiliate owners had the solutions to their problems. They just didn't have the confidence and the conviction to take action on them. That's all we set out to do was remove those barriers so that you guys could act quicker, not saddle you with more things to learn, do, and consider. Mm. Hop off my soapbox
0: now. (laughs) Chuck, you're looking thoughtfully pensive there.
1: Um, it's just it's it's interesting to, you know, if we're if we're speaking on and talking about where we're at, I think it's worth looking at like, you know, how we got here. And I think so much of it is just like the informed trauma of the average gym owner, myself included. But the real thing to probably like pause and think about is what was your level of execution and action the first year that you were an owner when you knew the least, when you had the least amount of information and knowledge and least amount of experience in any of it And probably by some metrics of like a lot of objectified success, it was probably one of the better periods of time in the gym's life cycle. Yet here you are seven years later with seven years of experience, seven years of knowledge and information and all the systems and processes and all the people. But the reality is you can't muster the willpower to get back to that first year level of action and execution even when so much of it was knowingly just taking punches Mm. that should make people stop and think. Cause like, like Tony's saying, the impetus to build this company was based around all of the things that we were missing when we were in those seats. Mm. Because everybody was so fucking busy trying to sell their answer that nobody thought to simply ask a better question. coaches need
2: coaches everybody says it but like they're not doing it
1: they're not doing it well, they don't know where
2: to find them, right like that's one of the big problems right like so coaches need coaches but everybody's like where well, now we've created this problem in the industry not we but the industry in general where it's like i need a coach but i don't even know where to get a coach because every coach i keep trying to hire shows up as a teacher and i'm like oh that doesn't seem like the thing that i need but they don't really understand what they're actually looking for which is purely coaching. And, and I think for us, that's, you know, is really probably the only company that does it. It's the only thing that we do is coach, right? Like it's not about programs or, or or offers or solutions. It's about figuring out what you want to do and then guiding you towards it through understanding and then removing barriers. And I think that, you know, if you look at it through the lens of of, of trauma, so to speak, although that word is now thrown around way too much, but like when you learn to drive, you drive the shit out of everything everywhere, right? But then all of a sudden, unfortunately, I got into a car accident, right? Which is pretty likely because you don't know how to drive. You're a terrible <laughs> driver, right? But like you, you're so excited to drive. You're picking up all your friends. Like, no, no, I'm driving to school today, guys. Like, But then you get in a car accident or something terrible happens in that car accident. Like, There's a very high likelihood you're going to be much more apprehensive to get in that car. But You need that car, right? That car takes you to work. It's going to take you to like all of the events you need to get to like the other option is walking right so like you know you need to get in the car so when that time comes somebody's got to help you get back in that car because it is the solution but you need to go back into it with the same fervor with a little bit better (laughs) of of a system but like you need to get back in the car and I think that that's really like what Chuck is saying the first year and it's anecdotal but or everybody that we've ever reviewed, their best year in business was their first year. Maybe not the most money they made. It was probably one of the most profitable because they didn't make a bunch of com- like confusing mistakes that just added complexity to things. But like, it was the most fun. They were the most viral. Like People were coming in the door. Like There was a lot of things. And like they got their first 50 clients really quick. But then 50 to 75 gets a little bit slower. 75 to 100 rarely comes statistically. And then over 100, it's like, it's a trickle in. There's a reason why you goes zero to 50 really quick. And it's not because you're a startup, right? It's because you just are taking action. You don't have any sort of failures or past experiences that suggest that you should not do this thing. And then you meet an affiliate on who's five years later and anything that you bring to them, they're just like, that won't work. I've tried <laughs> and
1: like I've tried everything. How many things have you tried? Hundreds. All of them the entire I mean, maybe like maybe a dozen a dozen all right so i tried two things oh cool did you like did you get your ten thousand hours in they're like well no i tried each of them one time
2: and they felt real bad so i don't want to do it again mm. and like that's essentially it's like there's nothing wrong with advice. It's just the, the nature of advice, and you've heard us say this a thousand times if you listen, the, 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 the problem, the trouble with advice is that it assumes the receiver of said advice is incapable of solving their own problems. Where this becomes a problem as a coach is that what a coach is, is essentially somebody who believes in the person more than they believe in themselves. That's why you take on the client. Right. And so all coaching is the transfer of belief. If you've been to one of the seminars, you've heard us say it a thousand times. And so if I don't believe you are capable of solving your own problems, I shouldn't be taking you as a coach. Right. I should be directing you towards a teacher at that point. But if I believe in you, and that's why our process is the way that it is, and it's the three steps that you go through, is that if I can believe in you, and we can do that through the first call, we'll take you as a client. If not, I'll send you towards any sort of resource that you're going to need to go to. And there's no shortage of resources. And most of them are really pretty good to learn what you need so that I can believe in you. Mm. But I've rarely, and we don't turn that many people away because it's rare to find an affiliate owner who doesn't know what to do. They're just not doing it.
0: Mm. Well, I mean, to even use myself as an example, how many times on, I can recall, like, well, I can't because there's, there's way too many on my coaching calls where you're like, oh, you know, we, we talked about something. I go, oh, yeah, I've got a system for that or I've got a template for that or I've got a process. <laughs> it's like, oh, how are you doing that? Oh, I, I don't use it. And I'd paid you a lot guys. of money to have these. These yeah, It brings back the memories. I paid a lot of money to have these templates and processes and systems and it's like, well, they're on a drive, but I haven't actually done them. Or I don't use that. Oh, I've got, you know, Slack for my team. Well, oh, great. Oh, no, I don't use it, though. I've got it. To those of you who don't know, Lisa
2: had like an entire trailer outside of her gym full of things (laughs) that she built. But here's what's funny. So do all of you. And I know this to be true because I've spent enough time with affiliate owners and I was one. We have no shortage of (laughs) shit that we have just built and then put on the shelf, right? Like everybody's done it. And that brings us full circle back to the beginning part of this conversation, which is distraction. Most people are seeking solutions so that they don't actually have to seek the actual answers, right? Like we joke and we call it taskurbation, but affiliate owners, business owners in general, it's not just affiliate owners, love to be busy, not productive. Mm. Productivity is heavy. It's deep. It's scary. And they're like, no, just give me something else to do and I'll work the shit out of that. Right. And then that's really what they like to do. And so do your clients that come to you and so do everybody else. Like it's just a natural human thing is to focus my attention on something else. So I don't have to focus my attention to where I really know that it should be.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's, um, it's, you know, we thrive on those mini dopamine hits from going, well, look at all the things I achieved today. I am, I am a busy affiliate owner, I did all these things today and I have all these outputs. It's like, yeah, but any are any of them actually doing anything or do they just sitting in a display case like this is what I did? Because I did spreadsheets today. Yeah. And we want that dopamine hit of going, well I feel like I'm moving forward because I did the things rather than doing the slower burn, maybe more uncomfortable things that don't make us feel as good until we've gone through the process.
2: I mean if if we can be real for a second, I think it's important to note that like, we know how you feel, right? I know what it feels like to sit in that office, be completely surrounded by people and feel all alone. I know what it feels like to feel like this can't possibly be real life. Like I wear gym clothes all day long, I'm a fraud. I know what it's like, To know that you're holding the whole thing together by strings and you just hope that nobody finds out. I know what all those things feel like because we're humans. All humans feel that way. It has nothing to do with being an affiliate owner, it has everything to do with that we're all in the messy middle. And that's just life in general. And instead, we look around and we think everybody else has it figured out. The job of a coach is just to come in and quiet all of that distraction, help you with actual action that moves you towards your real goal. Because what you will do in those moments, when you do feel like imposters and you do feel like frauds, and you do feel all alone, is you will just task saturate yourself with distractions so that you feel like you're doing something, right? Because I know what it's like to sit there and be like, I want to be more successful. I don't know what I should be doing. So you just work on something, right? And you just work and work and work. And you're like, one of these has got to land somewhere, right? And then next thing you know, you look up, you have an entire storage shed full of just docks. And you're like, well, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever done, but definitely wasn't necessarily the most productive thing I've ever done. And I get it. And that's really the job of a coach is to say, "That's great, Lisa. Why are you doing that?" Uh, I don't have the answer, right? And like, yeah. and that's really all we set out to do is to not give anybody any more work. Was you realize like you're already doing too much? Owning an affiliate is a very, very boring business, truly. It's very boring. Could be. You, just, you just make it very, very not boring out of a whole lot of limiting beliefs and, and a lot of other you know psychological filters to pass it through. But it's mostly just because you have no idea what you're doing. So we just all hit our ceiling of complexity. And then we're like, this thing is anything but boring. But an affiliate is very boring. Boring the more in the boring context of simple.
1: Not boring yeah. in the context of, like, not enjoyable before somebody makes an incorrect <laughs> assumption of, like, what you what you mean by that. But, like, really, dude, you're in fucking gym clothes all day long, naming your own schedule, hanging out with probably some of the coolest people in your entire city. Right. Like, you probably yeah. have, like, two or three pieces of your entire pricing model. You probably have, like, two I, or three fucking real inventory items. Like, I, I, you're not I running a car there's... dealership with a service department.
0: But as a, as affiliate owners, we are the master. And I know I can, I'll just speak from my preference. Uh, my experience is the master of suffering, the masters of being martyrs, because we think it should be hard because we're told through the gurus that, you know, hustle, earn it, grind. You know, it should, like, it should be, well, we, we feel learned, guilty if it doesn't feel hard.
1: We learn so much of our relationship with, fitness and CrossFit through a lens of suffering, we build this pillar to ourselves and our identity and our ego that like is a gym. And so we take that piece of the identity forward and we assume that these things must be congruent because we've simply never had a coach ask you to step outside of your own belief structure and be like, well, what if instead of looking at this as you're a coach who happens to own a gym, you thought of yourself as an entrepreneur who had a gym in their portfolio. Mm. They're like, well, I'm not. They're like, well, you are. Mm. Both of those truths can simultaneously coexist. But so long as you only objectively view and subjectively experience one, man, all of the answers in the world will never deliver
2: you from that pain. Yeah. Go back, go back to like when you were a kid and you had to walk to school, assuming, well, kids in America don't walk to school anymore. But, well, uh, get out of some school walks. <laughs> when you had to walk to school, what did you do? You walked to school, you hated it. How many yards did you cut, backyards did you go through, fences did you jump to make the walk to school easier, faster, simpler? Crossfitters are the only people on the planet who are like, that walk was too easy, I'm going to do it with a backpack now. <laughs> right. I'm going to do it. And so that truly, I mean, it's, it's a joke, but it does bleed over into how they pursue things because they don't look at things as like, OK, I did it once. How can I make it easier? Crossers are like, OK, I did it once. Let's make it harder. And I, it's not to say that they do it intentionally. There is part of that that does end up getting hardwired after a decade of like just, you know, misery as exercise. <laughs> And you can see this when you try to fix people's relationship with exercise. There's a lot of exercise addicts who will convince you that they're just very fit humans, but they're just displacing their demons just like anybody else's with a bottle of alcohol. And I don't mean to break anybody's hearts, but this is the truth. Right? Like, and so you have to kind of look at it through the lens of business because it's very obvious when you think of it that way. Because a kid walking to school, they're going to find the simplest, fastest, easy way to get to school, right? And in business, it's all the same game. And so your job when you when you create or pursue anything is – Am I making this simpler or am I making this harder? Am I making this task, this process, this solution simpler? Or am I putting a weight vest on? Right? Like, mm-hmm. In a lot of cases, a lot of it is just putting a weight vest on because they don't really know any other option. right? And so you kind of have to look at it through that lens. But, you know, back to what Chuck saying, if you looked at this as like you are putting it into a portfolio, the last thing you want to do is have to spend all the time talking about all the things you're talking about. You don't care about the emotional conversations and all these other things. It's like, there's very objective metrics that tell you good on track, bad off track, right? Like, and that's it because affiliates are very boring businesses. Nuance there, but it's simply because like boring businesses are easy. They have built-in return customers. You you guys do too because fitness takes a long time. Very few people buy one time, right? They buy for several months usually, unless maybe they quit. But even then, they still have bought for several months. If you owned a bakery. You saw a loaf of bread. There's no guarantee somebody's coming back to buy that other loaf of bread. Right? Like, so you already have that done. On top of that, you have a community, which most businesses would kill for, right? Because like a bakery, they don't you don't ever see anybody else. Yeah, if
1: Susan it, doesn't
2: come in and get her fucking
1: sourdough on Wednesday, Karen's not gonna text her and be like, Hey, I didn't see you in there copping them them squishy loaves, girl. Are you okay?
2: Right. And and then on top of that, you also like. Not only do your customers already have built in, you know, tendencies to repeat purchase, they're on recurring subscriptions. That's also easy. And then on top of that, their success brings in more people, right? Because when Karen loses weight, Susan's like, I'm coming in, right? Like (laughs) you go buy a loaf of bread. Nobody's going to be like, where'd you get that loaf of bread? Maybe if they came over and ate it. But my point is, is that it's a very simple business to run. If you find yourself feeling like it's anything but simple, you don't need more stuff. You need less. You need a coach, not a teacher. If you've made your business, your gym, very, very confusing, particularly if you couldn't tell me or an eight-year-old exactly how to run your business, you need a coach because you need somebody to help you clarify this whole discontent. You don't need more information. You got to make it simpler, not more complex.
1: And if you don't have your own answers because nobody's ever asked you good questions, getting somebody else's answers probably aren't the right answers for you. Yeah. And so maybe that's like where a lot of people who feel very much so subjectively feel that they need a new opportunity, a new thing, a new shiny fucking object. Like, Maybe it would be worth having a coach help you figure out if that thing is in alignment with what you actually want to accomplish. Mm. There's a there's a wild number of like the one hour to solve one problem calls that we've gone through where somebody's like, hey, I want to do this thing, and be like, hmm, question, 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 be like, maybe you should consider that thing. And they're like, oh okay, I still get to go and do a thing, but at least now I know that that thing speaks to solving the problem, not adding to the problem. Mm.
0: If we just want to fucking
1: help, it really is in like this really gross, probably long-term, like codependent, unhealthy way, like us just having opportunities to speak the younger versions of ourselves because the affiliates need to be protected, because like we've never lost sight of what it means for those clients. And so as Tony says, you know, Boring businesses. I'm sure that somebody sits on like a soapbox of emotion where they feel like that takes all of like the love and the feels and the heart out of the business. And nobody's saying that at all. But if you don't have a business that is a business, all of that other stuff is on a house of cards.
2: Hmm. Well, it's all in danger. Right. I mean, it I guess the simple conversation here is you don't need necessarily us. You you don't have to hire us to do it. There's a lot of other people out there who you could go to and there's some other people you can trust. But I can tell you with certainty, you need somebody. Everybody does. Every coach needs a coach. Every business owner needs a coach. Every person truly needs a coach and a handful of other very specific people in their life. But whether or not you hire us or not, and frankly, we can't even guarantee that we would take you. You can apply, you can go through that process, but you need somebody because you just need somebody to pass ideas through so that they can help you break your confirmation bias they can help you rethink and think again they can help you consider other solutions or options and so you don't end up just wasting time energy money resources etc on just trying to bring something to life that didn't need to come to life to begin with we all do it we've all done it and that's really the value of having somebody in your corner and there's nothing wrong with trainers and teachers you everybody needs them too at some point we all had to learn what we needed to learn but that's kind of the baseline of all things like once you get to this point, we have to have the assumption that you at least have the ability to research and find your own answers. And I think that at this point in this day and age, in the information age, we can agree that people can find no shortage of information, whether it's the right answer or not to be determined, but like kids today are master Googlers, right? So it's like, it's not for a lack of information. It's a lack of application and implementation. And that's all a coach's job is, whether you're a coach on the floor, helping other people, or you're, dealing with your own coach as, as a business owner. All coaches do is talk about application and implementation and understand it better than anybody else does. It's not about education. It's about taking that education and turning it into action. So you need one regardless. Whether it's us or not, that's up to you. But you need somebody in your partner.
0: And I think that's uh, that's a good note to to put a pin in this one because – it's true, Co- you know, we, we say to our members that they, they're here because they need coaching, they need coaches. So we're not, you know, unicorns, we're not special snowflakes, we need that as well and, you know, having the right coach who will help you find your path to what you want it to be rather than a cookie-cutter version of here's the best affiliate model and you look at it and go, well, I'm a square peg, I'm not getting in that round hole, it's not. It's not happening. It's, I can't, doesn't matter how much I shave it and shape it, I ain't getting in there. But then you feel like a failure. So the one thing that really stood out to me in in my first call with you guys was what do you want the affiliate to be? And let's build the pieces to, to lead down that path, not to lead down the path of what, you know, CrossFit Mayhem does or everyone else, you know, anyone else that's seen as best practices. No, 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 this is, well, what do you want it to be? Well, let's build that dream. So that's the powerful thing. The best part about
2: being a human is truly our, just our inability to make good decisions. I know that that sounds funny and sounds terrible, but it's true, right? Like so much of the fun of life has come from just making bad decisions and just figuring it out. But like so much success requires you to be able to take quick action, to take instant action, and then to figure it out and live in that sort of messy middle. So a coach just really helps you do all those things, right? Like, it, it, it saves you from making truly catastrophic bad decisions and just more so the fun, enjoyable bad decisions that turn out becoming good conversations because the coach just helps you direct that thing. being like, why did you do that? Right. Like, how do we fix that? How do we clean up? And like, that's really the, the joy of being a coach, right? Like, that's the reason why I assume if you're listening to this, you love coaching so much that it led you into that office all by yourself. But like, it's very fun to play that role in a person's life because. They have the ability and you believe in them. And it's, it's a very powerful thing to be in possession of belief of another human and see that thing come to life. Mm. Once you've done it once, you can't undo it. You'll never stop doing it. And you'll always coach for the rest of your life. And everybody in your life will have no safe space from it. Uh, but you'll always just try to bring the best out anybody that you come in contact with. And I think that that's, you know, maybe the ending conversation is Just be mindful: Is somebody trying to bring out the best in me, or are they trying to sell me the best of what they have?
0: Yeah, I think that's a perfect mic drop moment. All right, gentlemen, very good chat, very relevant, and lots of good information. Again, Um, looking forward to our next one.
1: Always momentarily. Thank you, my friend, for listening to the Fit Affiliate Podcast. If you would be interested in hopping on a free call with us to just kind of chat about what you think your problems are and what you think the gap is between where you're at and where you want to go. We can see if maybe we can help you along that journey, figure out if we're all a good fit to do some sweet things together. So click the link, set up a consult. Let's help you identify some problems that we can mutually solve.